Welcome to The Body Nerd Show. I'm your host, Alexandra Ellis, and after a decade in the fitness industry, I've finally cracked the code on how you can build sustainable strength without getting hurt. I'm a coach, writer, yogi, kettlebell devotee, lover of lifting heavy things, and 100% a body nerd. So stick with me, and I'll teach you how to make body maintenance and movement mastery a fundamental part of your wellness routine. Are you ready? Let's do this. Welcome back. You're listening to episode 150 of The Body Nerd Show. On today's show, I'm talking about mindfulness, meditation, and breathing, and why you don't actually have to do anything fancy to help your body feel calm. So what does meditation actually look like to you? Because I think for many of us, myself included, right, when you think meditation, you might think, you know, sitting cross-legged on the floor, maybe even in like lotus pose if you do yoga and you're sitting there for a super long time and your eyes are closed and maybe there's chanting, maybe there isn't, but it just, it seems really complicated, right? And I get it because my relationship with meditation has also been complicated. It's been on and off for many years. I totally didn't even realize, but today I meditated for the first time in a long time. So here we are. Now I can really talk about it. (laughs) And don't get me wrong. There's no replacement for sitting in silence. Like literally nothing can replace that because your nervous system and your brain are stressed to the max. And honestly, the way the world feels right now, like everyone is snapping anytime you say the wrong thing, it's because we're all freaking stressed to our max and have been traumatized over the last few years. So mindfulness meditation, just getting to a place where your body and your nervous system and your whole being can just be is such a gift, Uh, but it doesn't have to look like what you're probably imagining right now, right? How do you get to that place where you feel good and you feel calm and you feel quiet? Uh, For me, this was so impactful and noticeable after a trip during my first retreat. So the first uh, retreat I did down in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, um, we had like 12, was it 12? It was an intimate group, but it was just so fun. I remember one of my favorite days and like, honestly, this is such a fantastic memory because it also gives really a contrast of stressed, not stressed. But we did this hike to a beach club and we had tacos. The avocado and guacamole was not extra and margaritas. And I remember standing on the beach after this just day of fun and laughter and listening to the waves and you could, you know, taste the salt in the air. And for the first time, honestly, in my entire life, I felt quiet And it's this internal quiet. And if you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about, this episode is for you. Because so much of the work that I do is to get me back to that place. Because going on retreat, going on a vacation, getting out of your house, that's not always possible. And that's a privilege. And I get that. So what we'll talk about today is how to create those little moments of quietude and relaxation so that you have those small doses of it all throughout rather than waiting till you get to a point where you're feeling really overwhelmed and burnt out. 
And you know this feeling, even if you haven't had that beach, I'm, I'm there on the beach right now in my head. Even if you haven't had a moment like that, like you know what it feels like when you have spent time with a pet you're bonded with, right? And you're petting them, you're hanging out like super chill and relaxed. Or maybe for you, it's outside with some trees or if you live in a desert, I don't know, right? Just being outside, outdoors. Or maybe it's singing your favorite song. I also was just listening to Proud Mary. It's my favorite karaoke song is very high energy. I watched Tina Turner do it and I watched Beyonce do it and both of them do it very, very, very high energy, but I feel really good after listening to that song, right? Whatever it is, and we'll talk about a number of ways to get to that place where you feel calm and good and peaceful. And even if you are that person who in a yoga class at the end of class, when they do final relaxation and Shavasana, and you're just like, get me the heck up out of here. Or you're like, I could never meditate. That's not my cup of tea. Like again, stay tuned because today is for you. And if you're wondering, right, do I actually need to meditate? No, right? Spoiler alert. No, you do not. Because first of all, you don't have to do anything that doesn't feel safe for your body. And during times of extreme stress for me, sitting quietly with my eyes closed just wasn't an option. It didn't feel safe. It didn't feel comfortable. It didn't feel productive. And that's entirely okay because the objective here is to create safety and calmness. And so if sitting quietly is not the thing for you, for whatever reason, that is 100% okay. And don't worry about it, right? There are other ways to get to that place and to experience relaxation and down regulation, which really, when I say that, I want you to think of the like level or volume of your nervous system being turned down. That's what that phrase down regulation means. And there's a number of ways to get there that may or may not include what you picture as meditation. And downregulation, it really refers to purposefully shifting your nervous system from the fight, flight, or freeze, so that sympathetic drive, which is important to keep us safe and to get us going, right, versus the parasympathetic, which is your rest and digest. So downregulation is turning down that volume, taking you from that sympathetic drive down to parasympathetic, more rest, recovery, relaxation, rest, digest. And meditation, in part, allows this process to happen. It allows your body to downregulate. And here's really the important piece. And I've talked about this in other places, but consistency wins out over intensity every single time. Whether it's a mental mindfulness practice or a physical mobility practice, when you do this regularly, specifically with mindfulness and meditation, you teach your nervous system how to do it more efficiently. So just like your heart rate can come back down to quote unquote rest, whatever that is for you, faster when you are in training and have been moving regularly, your nervous system can come back to your baseline more quickly when you have a consistent downregulation practice, whatever that might look like. So if you are a person who tends to be rather stressed and anxious and you feel like you have a short fuse, of course, things like therapy are fantastic. But when done with something that also on a physiological level is helping to calm your body and your brain and your nervous system as well, 
then we're really off to the races. And both upregulation and downregulation of the nervous system are necessary. So we need to be able to go up to sympathetic again to keep yourself safe, uh, to drive a car, to just do work and do life. But we also need to have those things that bring us back to the parasympathetic dominance of that rest and digest and recovery and relaxation. And honestly, learning to switch between those states is going to help with everything. And this is what it means when you hear resiliency, right? It's sort of like the, you know, quote unquote, fitness of your nervous system to be able to withstand or tolerate stressful situations and then come back to a baseline that is conducive to recovery and healing and whatever your body needs. And mindfulness asks your brain, or I guess you ask the brain, (laughs) to focus on where you are and what you're doing rather than anything else you may have been thinking about. And I get that it's hard. Like, do I get it? But meditation is not completely emptying your brain. You're going to have thoughts, period. (laughs) Like, that's going to happen. The purpose is to become or, you know, get yourself trained so that as those thoughts come through, you go, hey, what's up? And then you let them go, right? That's meditation. Instead of getting stuck on a thought and then continue to think about it and ruminate and just like being stuck there, I acknowledge it and I let it go. And so thoughts are going to come in and you say, hey, what's up? And you let it go. That's all that mindfulness and meditation is. And there are also a ton of apps available that can help with meditation. Uh, So if you want to do an app, if you are a phone type person, you want it to be gamified, you want to be reminded, you want somebody to guide you through a meditation, just Google meditation app. One that I use frequently is called Calm headspace is another. What I like about Calm, that's what I use today. You could do unguided where it's just a five-minute timer with some soft noise in the background. They have different teachers. It's just, it's, I think LeBron has a series on there. It's very, very rich in terms of the different types of content on there. So apps are fantastic. I also am going to link into the show description and over at aewellness.com slash podcast, a 10 minute breathing and mindfulness practice that I have up on my YouTube channel. So if you want to be guided by me, not in this like high, sometimes I, I get it. I get hype during podcasting. It's not that I stay calm. I'm actually doing the breathing and mindfulness practice with you in that video, which was challenging because I almost fell asleep too. So, but that's available for you. Today's episode is brought to you by the Brain in Pain Workshop. Because pain isn't just structural. Sometimes it's not only about what's going on in your body or your joints or your tissues. So if you feel like you're stuck in a pain cycle and you're just ready to get off, then join me and licensed therapist Natalie Moore on Saturday, March 19th for the Brain in Pain Workshop. We are sharing our best tips and strategies and resources to help you learn about the science of pain. Because when you understand what's going on, you can make the best choices for the next steps to move forward. So you'll learn practical tools like somatic resourcing and an easy 10 minute tension relieving movement routine that can be done for all levels. And body nerds, you can save $15 off your registration right now when you use the code bodynerd at checkout at aewellness.com slash brain in pain. That's all one word, aewellness.com slash B-R-A-I-N-I-N-P-A-I-N and the code bodynerd, all caps, all one word. Life without pain is possible and I can't wait to share these tools with you. I'll see you there. 
So let's talk about some more ways to meditate that aren't sitting on a cushion with your eyes closed, because again, that may not be your cup of tea and that is completely okay. So one of the first ways I want to share with you is called yoga nidra. And this is basically a yoga nap. And what I like about it is that you're focused on different sensations, whether it's like physical internal sensations, like what your heartbeat feels like in your chest, the sound of your breath as it moves in and out of your nose. Maybe I'll say your stomach gurgling, but I hope that's not happening. But typically heart rate, uh, heartbeat or breath rate are something you can follow or maybe even external sensations, right? Things that are happening outside of your body or the way your body feels feels laying down or the texture of your clothing on your skin. There's a bunch of different ways we can get to this yoga nap. And there's classes online that you can do this with remotely as well, which is really cool. And if you find at a yoga studio, right, if they have in-person classes and something that's available to you, you can go take a class. They'll prop you up. You get a guided nap. It's it's pretty amazing. So if you are someone who, again, doesn't necessarily, maybe doesn't have access to a meditation studio, or you've always wondered what that yoga nidra was on your uh, yoga studio schedule, that would be a great place to start. This is different from restorative yoga, which is when you do long-held stretches with props and bolsters and pillows and blankets to hold you into these various relaxing positions. So think of yoga nidra more as like that that yoga nap for your mind to have that rest, whereas restorative yoga is still a movement practice, even though it's far more relaxation. But if you are the type of person who needs to fidget, and again, sitting still is just not your cup of tea, maybe yoga nidra and restorative yoga aren't the best for you, but I wanted to throw it out there in case you have access to that. Um, And like I said, we talked about apps already. The other cool thing too about apps are that they often have different content that's not just guided meditation. Um, So what I like about on the Calm app, again, this is the one I use most frequently, is there's a daily I'm going to say blog now, a daily meditation called The Daily Trip with this guy named Jeff, I'm pretty sure. And he just has like a really fun energy and is very approachable and super nice. And I never, ever feel like I am not advanced enough with the meditation or that I can't start again, right? Of course, in the app, there's all this stuff to be like, oh, you have like a seven-day streak or a 55-day streak or whatever. And I'm like, I just showed up today and I want that to be okay. And the apps, again, fully, fully support that. So another way, if you are a more active person and you also want to improve your breath capacity, there's apps for guided breath work. And I've talked a little bit about breath work on the show before. If you want to chat more about breath work, just hit me up, send me a message, let me know. I will do that. But the best part about apps, whether it's breath work or meditation, is letting somebody else tell you what to do. And Wim Hof, who's the ice man, if you've ever heard, or if you've even seen people doing ice baths, it's because Wim Hof started it. But he also has a very specific breathwork style and an app that will guide you through it. And again, they teach you everything you need to know. There is a free version. There's also a paid version, but I don't believe it's very, very expensive. But breathwork, right, is a way to focus your mind that doesn't require you to sit on a cushion or chant or do anything like that. So it's just a really novel way to get to that place of downregulation. 
And even just breathing for relaxation, it doesn't have to be fancy. If you just want to sit on your couch and concentrate breathing, that a thousand percent counts. And if you want to make it even more effective, if you focus on lengthening your exhale, so spending more time breathing out than you do breathing in, that'll help to slow down your whole nervous system and your heart rate as well. Um, And practicing your breath work can also help to improve your recovery time during your workouts. And I talked about this in my episode with Patrick McEwen when we were talking about breathing, and he's a huge fan of nostril breathing, which also paces your breathing. And I've been doing that in my workouts, and it's just been it's an interesting experiment, and I find that I get out of breath less often now, which is always a plus, you know? Also, humming, chanting, singing, or even just blowing air out through pursed lips like you're blowing on a straw, anything to slow that exhale down uh, will also help you to relax. I should have said also screaming, right? This is part of this. Anytime you hum or you make noise is a way to fast track your relaxation. And this is because your vocal box, which is also called your larynx, and this is where your vocal cords are and there's some other structures, it's connected to your vagus nerve. And not vagus like Las Vegas, but vagus, V-A-G-U-S, the wandering nerve. It's the 10th cranial nerve, meaning it's in the order of operations. It is the 10th nerve to come out of your brain and go to the rest of your body that doesn't go through your spinal cord. So there are actually 12 nerves that come directly out of your brain to different things like your eyes and the vagus nerve, and then everything else comes out of the spinal cord. So the vagus nerve is special, and like I said, it's the 10th nerve exiting the brain, and it's largely responsible for the rest and digest response of the parasympathetic nervous system. So when you hum or you sing, you actually activate the vagus nerve and activating it can help to again relax you so this is why chanting like in yoga humming even and also yelling can be so relaxing this is the physiological reason you like to scream into your pillow occasionally just me i hope it's not just me (laughs) you're also controlling your breathing when you do this which doubles down on that relaxation effect right so we get the bonus effect of noise coming through the larynx and creating that relaxation and then slowing our breathing down as well especially if you scream for a long time i know it sounds (laughs) like i'm screaming into my pillow all the time i'm not but this is why if you're frustrated and you just go ah I did that out of the microphone to not blow your eardrums out. That helps. There's a physiological reason for it. I encourage it. So next time somebody questions you, just say, you know what? It's physiology. And continue about your merry way. (laughs) So remember, a breath that has a longer exhale is going to be more relaxing, but even just equal parts to your breath. So if you've heard of a box breath, this is when the inhale, the exhale, and the pauses at the top of the inhale and exhale are all of equal length. So if you inhale for four counts, hold at the top of the inhale for four counts, breathe out for four counts, and pause at the bottom for four counts, and just continue. So it's inhale for four, pause for four, breathe out for four, pause for four. Obviously, that's way faster. Slow down. But that's a great way to, again, introduce breath work into your daily practice to get more relaxation without it being complicated. You can also do different patterns for this. So again, if you think of inhale, pausing, exhale, pausing as the general formula, you could do something like a cadence breath where you inhale for four and then you pause for two and then you exhale for six and then pause for two. You can play with the numbers. If you're exhaling for longer, it's more relaxing. 
So anything you do that is focusing your brain on your breathing and focusing on a singular task is going to help to not only hone your concentration, but relax your body and then relax your mind. So it's a win-win. And it doesn't, again, have to be this long practice. You can spend just a few minutes. Maybe while you're sitting there with your morning coffee, you do a few rounds of breathing, continue on with your coffee and continue on with your day. And if you're like, all of those sound great, but I'm definitely somebody who needs to move, you can also take mindfulness and this practice of paying attention to what you're doing to your physical activities as well. So if you're outside on a walk, preferably somewhere that you actually find relaxing, pay attention instead of having your iPad in or your iPad, who walks with an iPad or even an iPod? What am I talking about? Instead of your headphones in, that's what I'm trying to say. Instead of having headphones, listening to this podcast, as much as I don't want you to turn this off, if you do have to turn this off so you can meditate and be mindful, like I'm here for it, okay? Uh, But go for a walk, pay attention to your surroundings, pay attention to how your body feels, how your foot is hitting the ground, the sound your breath is making, maybe the sound of you walking if you're on like an organic surface so you can hear like the crunching of leaves or the way the grass sounds or something like that. Maybe snow if you're in a place where it's super cold, pay attention and just be there. And guess what? That counts. That counts as mindfulness. I think one of the barriers to mindfulness is thinking that it's got to be this big production. And I fall into this trap too. I'm like, oh, I haven't really been meditating. But just the other night, I sat while I was folding my laundry and then I just kind of stared at the wall for a few minutes and just let your body and your nervous system be and exist without doing anything. And that in itself can also be super relaxing. Maybe you want to engage the creative part of your brain for your relaxation, and I am all for that as well. Maybe it's coloring, drawing, journaling, or just any other like creative pursuit that requires your focus and attention. Another habit I really kind of honed over the last few years, little thing, is painting my nails. I watched so many YouTube videos. I got all the equipment, but it's super relaxing. I listen to podcasts while I do it, which actually I realize completely is going against what I've just been saying, but just to focus my brain on the singular task at hand and to have that time for myself is self-care, is mindfulness, and definitely helps me to feel just a little bit more at ease. Gardening, right, is another great way to not only get movement, but to practice that mindfulness. And you can incorporate and stack any of these things, right? We're stacking mindfulness into our gardening or nail painting, but you can also stack breath work into it as well, right? Slow your breathing down. See if you can focus longer on your exhales. Try nostril breathing. These are all ways you can stack these habits to maximize the relaxation and downregulation of your nervous system. And remember, what we're looking for is that resiliency, that ability to go into the sympathetic, but then also to come back down out of it. Of course, hanging out with your pets. If you have a pet that enjoys cuddling, hanging out with your pet, talking to your pet, talking to your dog. I know I'm not the only one. Uh, It actually can increase oxytocin and decrease cortisol, that stress hormone. And another way I really enjoy I do. I realize it's like so nerdy, but honestly, is a practice called TRE, trauma intention releasing exercises. So TRE, you intentionally induce tremoring in specific muscle groups, and this helps to relax your nervous system. So if you think of like a dog shaking, like when they do that shake after they experience stress, it's essentially the same thing for you, but we have to do it in a more intentional way because our brain doesn't allow for it to happen in our normal day-to-day life. You may have 
had it actually happen when you are in a incredibly stressful experience. I know anytime I have been into like a fender bender or anything like that, you get out of the car and you're going to exchange information and you're literally shaking, not just from the adrenaline, but it's part of your nervous system just trying to discharge this overwhelming sensation of stress. So TRE is obviously not as traumatic as getting rear-ended, RIP my bumper, but it gives that same effect of discharging some of that stress in a safe and controlled way. And I do this before bed. I'll stack breath work onto that as well and just do some different breathing patterns as I'm there. And I have talked about this before, but every time I crawl into bed after doing TRE, my deep sleep, that deep restful sleep is so much better than when I don't. And I like to think of it in the way it was described to me when I took a class on TRE the first time is like a can of soda or maybe kombucha or even a club soda, whatever floats your boat. You go to open it and if there's a lot of, you know, bubbles in it and a lot of pressure, it bubbles over and then you got to close it real fast and you just let the pressure out just a little bit at a time, right? You just like open a little bit, let it come out and then close it real fast and just like a little bit more and then you close it because you don't want to get that overflow. Same idea with our nervous system, a little bit. And I'm talking like 30 seconds, maybe two minutes, just a little bit of these practices can help to let that pressure off in a gradual way, in a consistent way. Remember consistency over intensity so that you can get to that place of calm and quiet. And I want to say control, but it's not control. It's just feeling at peace and at ease. And of course, breathing and deep breathing, which we've talked about in a number of different ways, but I also have a video on my YouTube channel that walks you through an abdominal massage. So again, if we're thinking of the vagus nerve and its impact, this is like a quadruple whammy. So whether you are rolling on your stomach or you're doing breathing or you're doing TRE or you're doing gardening or you're just sitting and staring at the wall in quietude like I like to do, whatever your activity of choice is, I want to share this with a little bit of an asterisk because if you're like, oh yeah, well, I just like go on social media, right? None of the activities that I mentioned are going to numb you out in the way that mindlessly scrolling on TikTok or social media or maybe food or drinking or whatever your thing might be. I know for a fact for myself, when I go on social media, it is to numb out. And honestly, there's some difficult conversations. I'm like, you know what? I just need 10 minutes, just completely numb out. And then I'll get back to this because it's too uncomfortable. That's okay, right? But numbing out and avoiding are not the same thing as consciously relaxing and regulating your nervous system. So you might think that watching TV is relaxing, but in fact, it's highly stimulating for your brain to be watching these moving pictures and the sounds and all of that. So if you're like, oh no, every day I just watch TV, maybe try something else right? You're going to have to go through some trial and error to find what works for you. But I promise you, I promise, 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 promise you it is so, so, so worth it. So just start to pay attention. What things are you doing regularly that are just numbing you out? And what could you alternate or swap in to get some of that relaxation response and get some of that resiliency built into your nervous system as well? And I want to hear from you too. What are your favorite ways to relax? Because I know I mentioned a bunch that I like to do or that I'm thinking of, but I'm sure that you have an awesome way to relax and I want to know. So you can hit me up on Instagram. You can take a screenshot of this episode, tag me on Instagram. I'm at Hala Formala. Or if you have any questions, send me a DM. 
call the Body Nerd Hotline at 818-396-6501. Send me an email at hello at aewellness.com. Whatever you need, okay? I'm here for you. And don't forget that show notes, fun links, free downloads, and all things podcast-related live over at aewellness.com slash podcast, including the links to the YouTube videos and all the resources I mentioned today. And if you haven't already, please do go ahead and subscribe, which apparently is a very hard word to say today. Leave a review if you haven't already, or share this episode with somebody who needs to know how to unwind. I appreciate when you take the time to do this. I know it's a big ask, but it really does help the show and help more body nerds learn about moving better and feeling better on many different levels. So here's asking better questions, moving more, meditating maybe, (laughs) and getting nerdy. And thank you for helping me spread the word that your body is super cool and that you, my friend, can change the unchangeable. I'll talk to you next week. Pain stops you in your tracks and body work is one of the fastest and most effective ways to deal with it. I've put together a free PDF with the six places you need to roll right now for quick relief. Plus, the reason why what you've tried so far has only given you a temporary fix. So whether it's back pain, plantar fasciitis, neck tension, shoulder pain, or tight hips, I've got you covered. And when you download it now, I'll also send you some video demos to get you started even faster. Head on over to aewellness.com slash bodywork, that's B-O-D-Y-W-O-R-K, to get started today.